There is a reason though for you why you wanted to work really hard and make that happen. And the reason that you did it was because that was so important to you that it was worth putting that time in for. and welcome to episode 99 of Archie's. This is honest, generous and humorous conversations to feed your creative soul and get you thinking with me, Louise Fletcher. And me, Alice Sheridan. And this week, we have a great topic. We're going to look back on our 2020. We're going to talk about what worked, what didn't. Um, and, you know, kind of an average year, nothing really different happened. So it should be fairly straightforward. But before we get to talking about 2020, what have you been working on this week, Alice? I have been working on some small little blocks, a little bit, just because I've been at home this week, um, mainly because we have had a lot of new things to do to welcome everybody into Connected Artist. And um, so that has taken a lot of my time on a daily basis. I have also had that surprise painting that had the viewing in the garden. We had to wrap that up and do a special birthday delivery. So that was fun for that. That was really good fun. But I've kind of been working on just developing a few new systems for things. And I know everyone's probably going, oh, systems, who needs systems? But my general approach to systems is I don't develop them until I find that I need them. And then when something comes up on repeat that you keep doing the same thing and you think, uh, this is taking a bit longer than it should. Maybe I need a better system for this. So now is a time that I have been putting a few more things in place um, to help general workflow. And it happens too. I mean, it happens too in the studio from, you know, when you realize that actually your framing is a lot more complicated because you've got things at all sorts of different sizes then, you know, next time you think, well, maybe if I had a system where I had a certain amount of paintings and they were all similar size and I worked on a group together, that's a system too. So, but that's always how I do it. I don't set them up in advance. I wait until I need them and then I know what the system needs to cover. Mm. So that's my approach. So this is going to make you have more time now. Well, maybe. That's, that's always the hope, isn't it? But yeah. I, do you know what? It's just about, for me, what it is, the biggest thing about it is that it takes away that um, irritating time drag of, oh, I've got this thing hanging over me and I don't quite know what to do with it or how to organize it best. When you have a system for it, when you know where to go for it, and I use Trello a lot for this, just little things in Trello, like looking up your bank details to give people if they're going to pay you direct, you know, before I used to have to go to the drawer or find the page in my notebook and retype it out. Now I have it copied onto a Trello card. I just go and I copy it and whack it into an email. There you go. Bang. You're impressive with Trello. I still don't really even understand it. I just about got that. I don't have any room in my head to learn it. So. I just like it because it's quite visual. You know, you can lay things out visually and that helps me. And also you can rearrange things. So if you don't stick to your plan, you can just shifty them along a little bit. So it gives it's me a bit more. Those, you know those things the way you think, I know I'd like that. I know it would be helpful, but I just haven't got round to yet finding the time to figure it out. And yeah. the one time that Jamie uses it, my assistant, and the one time she she showed me how to do something in it, I went in and messed it up completely and she had to fix it also. <laughs> so yeah uh, I need to learn that's the other thing about systems that I've learned is they are peculiarly weird and individual to you and what seems logical and makes sense to you doesn't necessarily always make sense to somebody else so but that if it's only you working on it of course that's absolutely fine and but it's just if you've got to share it with someone else you have to let them know what your thinking is behind it. yeah we've had that when we've done a spreadsheet and then you'll say to me what's where's that number coming from what's that to me it seems and, I, and I've showed things to Phil where he says this spreadsheet makes no sense I'm like it makes perfect sense to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> well so I've, had to, I've had to put system in place this week because I sorted out well I haven't signed a contract yet but I've agreed terms with the publisher that I'm going to mm-hmm. use for my book so I worked out what I, he sent me a sample book so I could see the kind of thing they produce. It's really nice. And I tried to work out, I counted up the number of words on a page and then tried to extrapolate from that roughly how many words I would need. I had sent him an email asking him, 
he had answered me, but he'd gone into my spam, so I hadn't seen it. So I tried to work it out, and I I worked out that I needed roughly fifty to sixty thousand words. So then I divided oh. that by how many months there are, and then I worked out a schedule. Right, so I need to make sure that I write. If I could write a thousand words a day, then I would be well on track to have a, a rough first draft ready in time to then polish it. However, when he when he did. When I did find his email, it turned out he said with the images and things, it will be more like half that. Yeah. So I'm much more on track than I thought I was to produce the word count. But I'd rather have, I read this book a long time ago by Annie Lamott, Bird by Bird. And I think I recommended it as an extra in our podcast episode about books, which I will put a link to in the show notes because I can't at the moment remember which episode it is. But this book is about writing and she talks about a shitty first draft she says you have to work on a shitty first draft and you don't check the spelling you don't check the sentence structure you don't check it makes sense you just write it all that's what I'm trying to do now so that's my system for that and the deadline has changed my paintings it's making them work they're coming to fruition like by themselves so that's nice so I finished five different paintings this week which is good unusual for me out of the probably 40 or 50 or 60 that I have on the go I got probably with all the paper pieces and all the boards and canvases I bet it adds up to at least 50 probably more and some are finished and some are like one brush stroke away from being finished and some are nowhere near finished but yeah I'm feeling really good about where they're all coming how they're all coming along so if anybody sounds like they would like to go back and check out that book, that was actually episode 38, which had our guide to our kind of recommendations for the books that have helped us most. It was a bit of a mix, wasn't it? Life books and yeah. artist books. Yeah. Um, so you can listen to episode 38 wherever you're listening to this. Or if you go to both of our websites, we also have a PDF download thing with all the books on listed out so if you're looking for christmas ideas or books to ask for for presents there you go you can find that in episode 38 so to move to our main topic i mean it almost seems pointless to discuss 2020 because it was such a normal average boring year with nothing really happening (laughs) but we thought So a year ago, well, around November, Mm. October of last year, Alice and I did a free online event. We took about 1,500 people through a process of planning for 2020, and we called it Your Best Art Year Ever. Mm -hmm. And the idea was that just by making, and Alice is waving the PDF at me, she made a beautiful PDF document, which everybody could download, And our idea was that by setting a clear kind of overview of what we were aiming for and then breaking that down into goals, we could make 2020 our best year. And everybody made plans and those plans included exhibitions and art fairs and all sorts of things, which then obviously got cancelled around March time around the world. So we thought, Still, we had plans, we had goals. It would be interesting to go back and review our year as a way of perhaps prompting you to do the same and see what positives we can find in this year and also maybe what we need to carry forward to next year to achieve that wasn't possible this year. I love doing this. I loved, I'm just a freak about doing this every year. I've been doing it for at least five years now um in different forms I don't I didn't make myself a beautiful pdf I did that for everybody last year when I do it for me um I do it I just copy certain questions into a big word document and then I type away and answer them so I've got a reference on my computer going back quite a long way which is quite interesting but but last year we did it we did it all together so I have got that and my page in my planner and it's quite interesting to go back and check and have a look Who's going to go first? It's good fun. You go first. You go first. Okay. So the first thing is, so I had uh, in 2020, um, I had art juice. Three things. Let's have a kick-ass live event. (laughs) That didn't happen. Not our fault. (laughs) No. 
but reach half a million downloads. That happened. That happened. Amazing guests. Yeah. That happened. We had Brian on. Yeah. We have got a whopping guest coming on next week, which we will tell you about at the end. So that happened. Um, I had aims for uh, my Connected Artists Club happened, which I have totally reached and busted through and is developed in all sorts of ways that I didn't anticipate. And I think this is what's interesting in this is sometimes I don't give myself enough of a stretch, maybe goal in some areas. But the other thing that's really funny, and I can, I'm happily go, to go into specifics. So for example, under the art goals, what I tend to do sometimes is write things down, but not be not, I think I'm being specific at the time, but I'm not actually that specific. So I have written down solo show with work in a gallery and um, show work at an unusual and fun location. And I wrote these in January when I had no idea what the year was going to hold. And what happened was in September, I, took part, I was invited to take part in an event in a cow shed. I think you could say that that fairly happily fits an unusual and fun location. And I also have work currently all on its own in a, in a gallery. It's not quite the solo show that I would have imagined in January, but it's there in a gallery on its own um, and, and various other things like that. So I've written down under collaborations, recognition in print magazine interview. I didn't get the magazine interview, but I did get my work on the front cover of a big interiors magazine, ideal home magazine. So there's something really funny here about sometimes you get what you want, but not necessarily in exactly the precise way. And I find that really interesting when I look back at some of these things. And I mean, there's more. I wrote down retreat experience and there is something in the pipeline on that, which I can't let you know about that we've had to put on hold for the moment. But it it rose up. Somebody else contacted me. But I don't think if I had written, if I hadn't written that at the beginning of the year, I don't think I would have responded to her quite so positively. I'd have thought, oh, I don't have the time. Or So it's, a lot of this is just about making time mentally for what you think you want to do in the year. Yeah. Well, when you're making that list of things, mm -hmm. are you like when we did best start year ever, we had mission, we had big rocks. Um, but I also have a page in my planner, which I got from you, which is like where I just draw out or write out like my dreams randomly. Hmm. So do you have both of those? And where are those things coming from that you just told us? That is from my random dream page. Look, with the little pictures. Yeah, of the, yeah. With the yeah. little pictures of the fireworks. Um, so some things on there haven't happened. I have an idea for creating a physical planner, which has all these ideas in it. That hasn't happened this year. It might happen next year. But like you say, this year, things took over, like things got busy. And so that hasn't happened. Um, obviously, workshops in person in the studio, that hasn't happened. Um, creating a larger program online, that hasn't happened. But it's further down the pipeline. And the idea has developed and morphed into something else. So that is my kind of basic uh, dream wouldn't it be fun if page? Yeah, yeah. That's my wouldn't it be fun if page. And then when you're talking about big rock goals and specific things happen, that's when I tend to break it out further and either work on it in my planner or work on it in Trello when it's a bigger project that I need to put more moving parts into place on. Yeah. So it's two stages. And I think it's important that you don't let the two parts interfere. So when you're doing the dreaming big part, you let it happen and you really do answer that question. What would happen if, wouldn't it be fun if I would be excited if, and you don't let that second part of you that goes, yeah, but how are you going to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my dreaming big page, um, I think, I wonder if I'm either too specific or not specific enough when I do this. Go on. Some of them are too focused on like, narrow specifics so for example um i wrote ted hughes exhibition comes out of nowhere because i didn't know where that was going to come from how i could find a space for it 
Well, it kind of has, but that's very specific because I was seeing it as an exhibition. What's actually happened is I've got a different idea for it now. And it did come out of nowhere, but it, um, I, I put very specific numbers in here of what I wanted to achieve on my course. And I did that really probably belongs in big rocks where I put mm-hmm. it as well. Um, but of the dream things, I'd say like some of them have man- like I put book. Um, well, right. hasn't happened, but it is in the process of happening. Yeah. Uh, well, so I, put, I put Instagram numbers down and I beat those. I put successful art fair in October. Well, that didn't happen. Yeah. I find an amazing VA who becomes a real partner. Well, I did that and I didn't yeah. know where she was going to come from. Um, we didn't get to my art juice figure because I had 10,000 a week. I was quite ambitious with art juice. Yeah, you were more, you see, we didn't compare, did we? That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I put recognition for my work and I put accepted into two prestigious shows. Well, I got into one and then, and then I did, when they all went online, I just stopped applying. And also I realized I was talking to Rachel saying I haven't really applied for anything. I'm kind of shortchanging myself there because I decided the work was for a different purpose and yep. I didn't want to apply and sell yep. it things. So, so the, the plans, the dream plans, it's interesting. Some of them morph and you don't do them. So my plans for my art business, I, I smashed them all. That was, they went really well. Some things I, I thought I wanted like the Ted Hughes thing and then it changed. And that's what I like about the dream page. Cause it's just there as, you know, as random dreams. But I, I think I'd like to, I don't think when I look at it, that this is big enough. I right. think some of these are quite small and specific. I don't think they're dreamy enough. So I think, I, I think how this works, if you believe in woo-woo manifestation, is when you really go big, big, big. And I didn't go big, big, big. What what I've noticed is after after doing it over a while is that I think... And it does depend a little bit what stage you're in when you when you set those out at the beginning of the year. But I think that there are some areas that you that you're happy to really push yourself in it and you can you can let yourself dream big. And although I say, you know, don't let that mind thing come in that says, Oh, well, you can't do that, it's kind of inevitable that that does happen a little bit to put the brakes on. But I, over time you do get better at doing it. Yeah um that's about that's like me about this thing about precision and I have another page where I start to do figures and like projections for Instagram and that kind of thing and revenue figures and what's really interesting about that is again Instagram I've beat and I but I do that on a regular basis with Instagram so I check in with it and I break it down well what does that mean month by month do I need to grow by? Am I doing that? Therefore, do I need to do more? And like some months that feels more relevant and other months it doesn't. But um, things often come around in a way that you don't necessarily anticipate or expect. Um, but the other thing that I thought that would be worth sharing is I, I thought at one point, this is a really unproductive year. This is a really weird year. And then I've been back and I've had a look at how many finished paintings I've created this year. And it's more than double last year. 52, wow. 52 paintings finished to date as of this year, of which 34 are already sold, which if you think that eight of those I only kind of finished two weeks ago, so they're in the gallery for the first time, they haven't, they're not anywhere else yet. So sold 34 out of 46 and a further six from last year. That's quite a lot of sales this year. Yeah quite happy with that achieved yeah well I actually I was thinking when I saw the title we were going to talk about best art year ever I almost didn't want to do this episode because it has by far been my best art year ever and maybe my best year ever like in my life for what I've achieved and what's happened and I know it's not been that for so many people because mm-hmm. of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm just being honest. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to not tell the truth. It just has been from having my own studio to achieving my goals to, you know, the book idea. To I mean, I had written down. I guided my 
year by a mission, two missions, one for my teaching business and one for my painting. Mm -hmm. And I went back to look at what I'd written down and they said for this painting life, which is my teaching business to help struggling artists find and express their own unique voice and find joy in making their art. And I wrote numbers for how many people I wanted to reach with that. But at the time I didn't plan on creating a membership site as well as a course. So the number I, I wanted to, the number of people I wanted to help, I overachieved that by 50%. And then I opened a membership site, which has now 1500 members. So I, I went way beyond the mission that I'd set for my, I mean, I've achieved that and I feel really, really good about that. So what do you think the difference is because between, or what do you think the difference has been this year for you that's really made that? Um, and I'm, I'm just thinking back to put things in context because in many ways this has been a great year, but I would say that 2018 was in many ways my best art year ever because there were so many it felt like there were so many breakthroughs in that year and so many uh, brave things to do but it was also actually quite a difficult year um, Mm. in some senses family wise and I really felt like I got both sides of the coin happening at once in that year which I think is also something interesting about it's not necessarily that just everything goes and flows and happens fantastically in all parts of your life all at once. We, there's, there's often this struggle between these two different parts, but what, what do you think, what's the biggest difference then between what's helped you get to that point this year? You've, you've upscaled a lot. Like you, I've seen you do it. You've brought other people on to ask to help. Yeah, just I think saying making bigger goals for the for the business side, it was making bigger goals for myself and accepting that the first half of my year was going to be a bit of a nightmare, <laughs> like so much work to do, so much work to do to get the course where I wanted it to be. And then when I decided in February to start a membership site, I knew, OK, you are just piling mountains of work on. But I set myself the goal that if I did that and finished it all by September, finished the course by September, I would have some time for painting because my second goal was my art. I wanted to get my, to up level my work and I wanted, actually I put to double my sales, but then I decided not to put anything up for sale. So that part went by the by, but to fully express my own voice, I wrote and to, um, take my work to a new level and there was none of that in the first half of the year and it was frustrating because I was so busy looking after everybody else but since the beginning of September we're now in mid-November it really has worked that way and I've had dedicated time and I do feel I'm doing that now finally in the last month or so I feel like I've made huge strides in my work and got it much more to where I wanted it to be all along so this is part of it too then isn't it in terms of having a year which is a big picture and you know who knows what's going to happen next year you can't necessarily plan for everything and expect it to happen in advance but that I think that there are two things that I've, I've in reaction to that that's important because you had a view of and an understanding of your whole year you knew that the first half was going to be like that and you knew that that would leave you more time for the second half to work in another way on your studio. Uh, And I think that often where we get stuck, and I know that I do this a lot, is that you get overwhelmed with all the things, doing all the things that you've got to do, and that actually stops you doing anything. So when you can just say, this part of the year is going to be about this, and I'm not going to worry about that for the moment. And I don't want to say it's easy because it is, Mm -mm. it was frustrating to me. And Mm -hmm. I did find myself towards the end of selling the course. I found myself very overwhelmed. I made all that harder for myself this year by redoing the whole course, re-recording everything. I won't need to do that next year because it's at a much higher level now. But um, yeah, what's funny though is 
I have this, there's the Yorkshire part of my brain or the Northern England part of my brain, which, or maybe it's just the British part of my brain, which is going, yeah, you had a good year, but it won't be good next year. You know, it's all going to go wrong because we have, it, I, I laughed when we moved back from America. I used, I laughed at one of our close friends. It was a beautiful morning and he came over for a walk and I said, isn't it a gorgeous morning? He said, yeah, but it's going to rain this afternoon. And I was like, that is so British. You just are so British. And now I've become British after eight years back. So I'm like, yeah, well, don't get too excited because something bad's going to (laughs) happen. So I do, but I'm trying to just keep that away because I believe we bring in what we we feel. But I, I think, honestly, what I'm proud of is focus what I think I need to improve next year is I don't think I can work at that pace every year without burning out. So I need to find ways you were talking about systems. I need to find ways to systematize, streamline, just make my, the first, well, the middle part of my year easier next year. So that doesn't, you know, but, but what I also find interesting is I set four big rocks based on this process. Everybody was Alice's planning process. It wasn't mine. I, I tagged along for the ride and talked about it with her, but I am not a planner normally. So it was all new to me and I found it so useful. Um, I planned um, a mini course, which I just didn't do. So just didn't get around to it. And I plan to do two courses and my find your joy and then a follow on course that I've taught in the past. And I decided not to do the second course, but that was a choice. I just decided Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it. Uh, Art sales were supposed to grow and I wrote down all the ways I was going to make that happen. And then I decided not to sell anything. So I didn't do any of that. Um, And then I had a plan for a marketing thing, which went well and a plan for art juice, which has gone really well. But so of those, five things I had only three or three and a two and a half I actually executed on but I'm okay with that because things change yeah and sometimes we over overestimate too so on my things that didn't happen was really adding regularly to the YouTube channel I was going to have mini products for artists Uh, I mean you know this is the thing isn't it it's easy to come up with the ideas it's a little bit harder to sit down and follow through and to do all the things that make them happen. And those kind of things often just take a little bit longer than we anticipate. But like you say, with your book, it might not have happened yet, but it's on the way to happening. And I think that's a really important part of, of this whole process as well is that it's, it's not necessarily just about achieving the goals, bish, bash, bosh, done, move. It's like where you want to be in your life. Like, are you progressing in the right direction? And if it, if it goes in a slightly different direction for a short time, that's all right. You know, it comes back to like w- w- when you said, you know, you're working really hard. There is a reason, though, for you why you wanted to work really hard and make that happen. And the reason that you did it was because that was so important to you that it was worth putting that time in for. And the other thing I do want to, I want to say is I am so fortunate at this moment in time that besides, I'm not, I'm not saying it's fortunate not to have children. That's just, I don't have children. So that's one side of my life that doesn't demand, but I'm fortunate that at the moment, my mom and my stepdad are healthy and don't um, need me to care for them. I have friends whose whole lives are upended or this happened to Phil a few years ago when his parents both got ill. And he couldn't focus on anything except for managing to look after them. And so I know a lot of people listening besides COVID destroying people's plans. There's also life things that happen to us. We get ill, a family member gets ill. So when you say, what did you do to make this a good year? I feel a bit like I have a, you know, big unfair advantage in many ways this year. And that's not always there. Other, other life events are waiting to come along and change that when we do have those times though I think I always feel like I have to make the most of it I have to make the most of this time I don't want to when, last week Rachel said that she feels she started late and so she feels she hasn't got time to waste and that's how I feel yeah and I'm, I'm aware you know my mum spent five years pretty much constantly looking after my grandma going backwards and forwards and dealing with all of her problems. And 
that comes to all of us and that when that comes there's less time for everything else and I think if that's happening to anybody listening you just have to be kind to you have to realize in those times like you said not letting it all pile up oh but I'm not doing that I'm not doing that I made all those plans well something else came up that's more mm-hmm. important for now and you yep. have to deal with that yeah I mean you've had so much you've had a lot to deal with this year family wise because lockdown everybody who had kids had a lot to deal with this year because of lockdown yeah and I think that perhaps because of previous years maybe yeah well you know yeah there's been some this year you know we go back to the breaking the window glass episode you know (laughs) what happens in lockdown it it has not been an easy you know and there have been there have been times and I've said on this you know I'm tired this year like it has been a tiring year and I am looking forward to a break. I would love nothing more at the moment than to get on a plane and go somewhere warm and sunny. And that is not going to happen, but mm-ing about it isn't going to help much either. And I mean, what can we do? You know, we'll do and it will come around again and something else will happen and something else will change. But this process for me is about you know, a level of it's understanding where you are in it and what you want to happen for yourself next. I just want to read you one thing though, just going back to art before we finish and move on, which is I wrote this and I have not been back to this. Like, because I say when I get onto the projects, I have not been back to this best art year thing until I dug it out for this. But one of the questions that I asked myself in it was, how does my work develop? And I wrote, Large swathes of fluid colour, more serene, translucent veils over an underlayer of marks and structure, simplicity overriding complex, more delicate, sensitive, veiled, hidden and revealed. Now, those are quite vague, wishy-washy words, really. But there was a sense of something moving forward that at that time when I wrote that, that was not how my work was. And I didn't know how I was going to do that. I haven't even looked at that. But if I read that now, that's how my work's ended up at the end of the year. Yeah. Isn't that fun? Did it. And the other thing I wanted to say about your year is, because I know you, you feel like there was a whole chunk of it where you just were not, you know, focusing. And yet yeah. look what you've achieved. Your membership group is, has just taken off. You opened it up with very little marketing and got massive numbers of people joining, eager to come and join because it's so great. And you've done, well, I didn't know about the paintings until today, but you've made all those paintings. You've sold the majority of them. I mean, this has been a pretty good year. And there were no art fairs, no. I had one. We had one the weekend before lockdown. But yeah, Um, I mean, it's, but the point is it has been a challenge. It has definitely been a challenge year. And I, what I tend to do is I tend to set, talk about big rocks. I tend to set a big ball rolling, like literally a big rock rolling down a hill. And once it's going, I have got no choice but to go with it. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, so. Don't you? It's like, okay, I've let's, got to deal with it let's now. Go. And, and, but, but And sometimes that gets me into a little bit of a state of, okay, I've overwhelmed and I've got too much and I've loaded myself on my plate. But the point is that I, am, I know that that's kind of how I work quite well. When I start to just push that rock over the hill and commit to something, I know that I'm in it. So what I have got better at doing over the year is waiting. And if something doesn't feel quite right, then I don't push that rock. I don't make a start on it. I wait until it feels like something that I am prepared to be fully involved and committed in. Once it's going, then I'll do it and I'll make everything to make it work. And But that is something that I've learned over the last few years from doing a few things that have gone wrong or not worked or not changed. So um, I think I shared that one of the things, oh no, I shared in my group. Um, one of the things, for example, was earlier in the year, there was a place that had an auction, um, modern collection of work, and they were auctioning it live and they, uh, chose a piece of mind to have, and it didn't sell. Well, it was a bit of a bummer really, wasn't it? It's a bit embarrassing. It's like nobody's bidding on it, but that month I had already decided that I was going to sell that painting. (laughs) So when it didn't happen there, I thought, well, what else am I going to do? I've got to do something else instead. And I did, 
I did a different I did a, a personal auction with my audience and it sold and it was it was great so that thing of like are you ready for this if you're ready push the damn rock off the hill and then just know what you're going to do to make it to make it happen um but I maybe need to be a little bit more careful about how many rocks I push off hills and the thing is I think we can do more than we think so when I pushed the rock down the hill that ended up with 11,000 people in a free Facebook group to do a course with me just me that was ridiculous so you would think oh no that's too much but then there's always a solution and the solution in that case was to ask former students if they wanted to help everyone doing the free course and I just said would you just like to help people find their creativity and loads of people said oh I'd love to do that so what do you want me to do we set up a little private group for coaches we had like 40 people I think we chatted amongst ourselves they answered questions it was brilliant and they all really enjoyed it I wouldn't have come up with that idea unless I pushed the rock down the hill and then had to deal with it and it's like when we're painting when you suddenly when you get stuck so you put a big white mark across the middle of a painting because then you've got to deal with it I think it's the same thing it is or maybe I just do that I don't know so if you're if you're listening you probably have a version of this that you do already at this time of year well you might not lots of people don't lots of people don't well maybe i'll push another flipping rock down a hill and get something organized between (laughs) between christmas but don't hold me to it watch and wait and see we'll see um it's so worth doing everybody if this is not something you normally do i i I think when I say it's my best year ever, it's partly because of getting clear about what I wanted to do. Mm. And I don't, I have not done that normally. I've done new year's resolutions and then you never keep those. No, I have the same new year's resolution every year and I never keep it. So this I kept to, um, and when I didn't keep to it, I decided consciously, no, I don't want to do that anymore. Things have changed. And so I highly recommend some form of what we're talking about for everybody writing it down i think that's the that's the biggest thing write it down make it concrete dream big but let it evolve and change because it's not necessarily always going to stick to the story and certainly this year hasn't has it and we have no idea what to expect next year so we'll all just but we've all learned to be much more adaptable and flexible i think this year so we'll keep being flexible next year and see what happens Right, we had a listener question this week, and I'm going to have Alice read it out because I haven't actually seen it. So do you okay. want to tell us what our listener question so, is? Uh, Jennifer left a question, which she said, um, when we get closer to making art more authentic, I do believe that more people will respond positively to it. However, sometimes I get muddled, and I basically, I, I, I get worried, and I wonder if a step I've taken is moving in the right direction or not. And then I worry about the whole social media response. And I consider the response I get to posting work as a measure of whether or not I'm moving towards my authentic self and what I want to be doing. Or does it run the danger that it will just steer me in a crowd pleasing and bland direction, which is the opposite of what I am looking for. And I think that this is a struggle that lots of people have with social media is you want to you know it's lovely when you get the likes but what happens when you get the likes what happens when you get the likes and on it something where you're not really very happy with it how has this been for you Louise over the last couple of weeks because you've been pushing your work in quite a different direction yeah and and I had um so I showed on Instagram four or five paintings that I loved and then I said and here's the black sheep of the family and I got all these messages on Instagram stories oh I love that one I love that one leave it leave it that's great that's my favorite I love that one and it would be easy to go oh yeah put some varnish on it call it done but what what was wrong with that painting for me was it felt like a painting exercise I had done all the right things to make it look like a nice painting I had done good contrasts I'd done good shapes that were different from each other I'd used color well but it was not it wasn't authentic to me it didn't feel like it said what I want a painting to say so I'm at one point I would have gone oh people love it oh it's finished and see if anyone wants to buy it and you know what they never do at that point 
They say that and they don't because it's not really authentically you. They just like it, but they don't like it enough to buy it. Now I know not to do that. So I looked at it and I thought, yeah, it is nice to look at, but it's not, it's not what I can't. I wish I had the words though to say, I just know when it's done what I want it to do. And that wasn't authentically me. It felt, it felt, uh, not pretentious that's not the right word it felt forced it felt mannered it, it okay. felt like like I was doing the things I know you do to make a nice painting not doing something honest so I think if I think that that's a, it's a matter of confidence it comes with time but you know in your own self if you love something or not you know when you've done a painting and every time you come back in and look at it you go oh I did that mm. You know that feeling and you know the feeling when you just kind of, yeah, mm, yeah, it's nice. It's not anything special. And no matter how many people tell you that it's lovely the way it is. Now, I've got one exception to this, which I don't think you agree with. If someone says, oh, that's perfect. Can I have it? I'll probably say, yeah, if you want it. I, I wasn't considering it finished, but you, if you want it, because I think you're depriving someone of something that they'll really enjoy if you say no. But I know lots of people feel you should say no at that point. You should keep working on it. Well, I only think you would say yes if you were really happy to say yes. If you really didn't like it and you didn't yeah. want it to go, then, then, you wouldn't, then you wouldn't yeah. say yes, would you? No, but if you think it's, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. And if they love it, I would just say, yeah, okay. I think this question about whether you're going into a crowd pleasing direction though and is something to watch out for and what I always find is when you write out these kind of questions questions to ask questions in Facebook groups you're part of it's the process of writing out the question that gets you the answers that you need regardless of what anybody else says back to you because it's a little bit like if you've got a decision to make and you don't know what the answer is and you say, well, heads, heads is one thing, tails is another. If you flip the coin, if it comes down on one side and you're a bit disappointed, you know <laughs> what the right answer is for you. And it's a little bit like this. You know, the question is, maybe this would steer me in a crowd pleasing direction. That's telling me because you've written that, that that's where you're starting to be led and you're not that happy with it. So I think you've done a fantastic job in asking the question I'm not going to answer it for you I'm going to leave that for you to do Jennifer in your next year and but I think you are very wise to be aware and to notice what happens with you and your art making with your response to what happens on social media and you are not alone in finding it difficult that's what is is designed to do it's designed to give you that endorphin rush when you get hearts but does that mean to say that you should be following it and that's how you should be making your art so before we finish do you have anything that's inspired or that you've enjoyed this week I'm really failing at the inspiration, aren't I? They're all a bit. <laughs> I just, I've just been had such a busy week. I haven't really had time. Oh, I tell you, oh, I have enjoyed. I have what enjoyed watching Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Oh, have you? I, I tried that and I couldn't get past the first episode. It seemed very slow. I think I'm a bit impatient. Is it good? It is a bit slow, but it's rather beautiful, beautifully done. And we just got obsessed with like, how on earth do they put these amazing kind of 60s, late 50s sets together in huge hotel rooms where these chess championships are taking place? So if you haven't watched that, we quite enjoyed it. I started watching it as something to watch with my daughter and she was a bit, oh, I don't want to watch it. And then the next day she admitted that she'd stayed up all night and watched all of them. Oh, <laughs> so there you go. But yeah, no, quite enjoying that. Um, other than that, no, nothing particularly uh, art-wise to share with you, I'm afraid, on Inspired this week. It's been all about people and getting to know people, and I do enjoy that. Yeah, this is, this is like when I do my course. There's certain amount times of the year where you just can't focus on anything except getting the, the launch done and getting everybody in. Yeah. And, and I, you know, even things like, like when I said with System, even when things go wrong, you know, it's like, okay, well, there has to be a way to sort this out. I, I quite like that. But this time it's been a little bit more fun because I've, I've got more help on board. So that is a nice thing to have done. So what about you? Well, 
two things actually winter sunsets I put in the notes okay I'll have those I'll have those I'll have those I've had some walks on the malls this last few weeks that have just been so stunning and I was hoping today was going to be a sunny day. It said it was going to be sunny and I was going to take Riley up onto the moor again to watch the sunset and now it's all grey and we're not going to see it. But they're just so beautiful. And in, of course, when, when the sun sets at 11 o'clock in the height of summer, we don't see it. But when it sets at four o'clock and you're out walking your dog and you're just there. I mean, there was one day last week we went up near my mum's to the moors there in the Yorkshire Dales and we didn't see a soul on the moor we had it all to ourselves and then coming back to the car I just kept going oh Riley look at that sky he didn't seem very impressed (laughs) but I was like Riley just look oh it was so beautiful and so I'm I'm really looking forward to the rest of winter every time we have a sunny day I am going out somewhere up on the moor to watch the sunset Um, but the other thing I had on my list Um, kind of leads into our next week's guest so my writing schedule for my book I made sure I set myself as I said a thousand words a day I'm gonna bring that down now to I think 600 words a day realizing I don't need as many as I thought and make it a bit easier on myself but what I've been doing is literally doing that even if I don't feel like it getting and I've got up half an hour earlier and before I've even had a shower gone into my office and sat down and written those words and even if they're not great that day I've written something I've moved things forward and it leads into our next week's guest so I've been reading we've both been reading a book called The Practice by Seth Godin who many of you will know and some of you won't Seth Godin is a marketing guru business thinker kind of philosopher of our times he's uh, a New Yorker and um, he's written this book called The Practice he talks Mm -hmm. a lot about similar ideas over and over again as we all do but in this book he particularly writes for creatives of all kinds Um, and it's about the central theme of the book is just about how we have to commit to the process and the practice and not the results And so it's been, it's really spurred me on with this writing project to keep thinking, what would Seth Godin say? And we reached out to Seth Godin on a whim to see if he wanted to be on the podcast and discuss it with an audience of artists. And he said, yes. So he will be our guest next week. It's very exciting. This is another one of Louise's brave moves because he's a little (laughs) bit your hero, isn't he? Do you think next year you're going to get Gary Vee? You see, I went to many years ago, I, he, he lives not far from where I used to live and he has a loft uh, office space, an amazing loft up by a river. And I went up there for a two day workshop with him years ago. And I was so nervous that I didn't speak to him the whole time. Mm-hmm. And we actually went to the coffee machine at the same time and I was just silent. I couldn't think of anything to say. <laughs> So this time I'll actually get to, I'll have to actually open my mouth. I think I've got more confidence these days, so I think I'll manage. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. I've listened in in the name of research to some other um, interviews that he's done and obviously uh, read some of his writings. And he just strikes me as, um, apart from anything else, a genuinely lovely man. So I think it's going to be a really... uh, a lovely if the idea of marketing and listening to somebody talk about marketing kind of freaks you out a little bit I really don't think this one will I think this is going to be encouraging and will you know cross over a lot of the ideas that we've spoken about today really about the idea of committing to something and going with the flow and that's where your focus should be so it should be a really good conversation next week I'm looking forward to it yep me too a bit teeth chattery but I'm okay we'll be fine Just before we finish, um, I have just got something to share with you. I can't verbally give a link, so you'll have to go to the show notes or come to my website. But um, a lot of you have asked me for uh, programs, courses, which I haven't, as I say, managed to get around to this year. But um, about a year and a half ago, I did record some lessons of me working on two small pieces from beginning through to end, including 
collage elements, why I included the, the things that I was doing, the decisions that I was making at the time. And that has until now been part of somebody else's membership. And that membership has now closed and she is now re-offering those courses as part of a purely abstract package. So it's available for a fantastic introductory bargain price. So you can come over to my website, alicesheridan.com, and there will be a link there where you can go over and you can get access to that class. You get to keep it forever. And not only my lesson, which is two hours of video broken down into chunks, you get access to five other abstract artists too, all for the same price. So if that's something that you're interested in seeing, this is not available anywhere else. It's never going to be available through me because I made it just for her. That's a way that you can go over and have a watch. So that might be a little early Christmas present for yourself. So that's it for us this week, everybody. Apart from going to Alice's site to look for that, do go to look for both of us on Instagram. Find us and follow if you're not already following. And we both have newsletters, which you can find on our website. We will see you next week with our special guest, Seth Godin. Until then, have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Ninety-nine, that's like a ninety-nine flake. <laughs> Which they don't have anywhere but England. <laughs> ninety-nine flake is an ice cream with a chocolate flake stick kind of stuck in the top. And also, we weren't weren't allowed the ones. Do you remember the ones that came in the little plastic cup with a bubble gum, a little ball of bubble gum at the bottom? We were never allowed that because we weren't allowed bubble gum. You weren't allowed bubble gum? No. One of these days, we'll disagree on one of these answers to people. (laughs) Although we disagree sometimes. Yeah, people keep saying, oh, you two are so different from each other and that it's nice to see people agree to disagree. And I think, I think, even realise we were really disagreeing. We'll have to pick a topic to have an argument about, won't we? (laughs) 